the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Nice to have you along on a Monday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Tomorrow uh, morning early, I'll be sitting in, and uh, very much appreciate the opportunity to do so, I'll be sitting in uh, for Hugh Hewitt. And uh, Hugh is headed, he said today, to Oklahoma City. So I'm looking forward to be a part of that. Aaron, are you going to get up early tomorrow, 6 a.m., and uh, listen to the show because two hours of me is just not enough for you every day? Of course. Of course you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be... 559, just waiting. <laughs> I'm not going to make you take a polygraph on <laughs> the veracity of that statement. You know, we've tricked out the studio here to meet Hugh Hewitt standards. We still need one more thing. We need like a backup sounder because the uh, beautiful new monitor behind me is perilously close to my chair when I scooch back from the desk. And I'm afraid that someday I'm going to... Uh, spend my paycheck by cracking said monitor behind me. Is there anything we can do to get me a, a, a whoop, whoop, whoop backup sound so when I back up in my chair, I know I need to stop? Well, I was going to put a almost – my idea was a board against the wall so the yeah. chair could not yeah. back up far enough to hit the TV. I have my backpack back here, but I don't know. It moves or I move or something. It might not be uh, 100% foolproof, so – it would be embarrassing if I did that while I was on camera in the new Salem News Network. I yeah. was watching that today. By the way, the graphics on that are spectacular. They've done a nice job with that. So hope that I don't have a viral moment breaking the monitor while on camera with uh, Hugh Hewitt today. He was very excited. He started his show today with the Cleveland Browns beating the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. Hugh's all in on the Browns, man. He's all in. So... Uh, that didn't mean that much to me. The Bengals didn't play that well, but uh, Brownies got the victory without Odell Beckham. So uh, when you're freed of a burden, you play and uh, life seems much better. I wish <laughs> our lives could be free to the burden of Joe Biden and his policies, specifically the gas pump. I'm going to have to fill up my car with gas today. And it's discouraging to do so, knowing that I'm going to see a number on the top of the pump that I'm not accustomed to seeing. Now, I've had my car for mm, five, five-ish years. Great car. Happy with it. Gets great mileage. 33 miles the gallon highway. Very happy with it. Nice, sporty-looking uh, sedan. At least I think it's sporty. But I would rather fill it for $25 than $40. According to Gas Buddies' daily survey, Columbus gas prices have risen 15 cents per gallon in the past week, I've noticed this too. You're driving around now; it's not unusual to see three thirty a gallon. Ha! Uh, the cheapest price for gas in Columbus 
is two eighty nine a gallon. Where is that? There's going to be a run on the pump there. We're going to think we got the bargain of a century. While the most expensive is three forty three. National average gas prices have risen one point eight cents per gallon in the last week. Three forty one is the national average. It's higher, of course, in California. Of course, it is because of all the emission standards and things of that nature. So uh, the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, was on uh, one of the, I don't know, one of the one of the money networks, CNBC or something like that, and she was asked about, hey, gas prices, man, they're 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 crushing the American public. What can you? Jennifer Granholm do, and the reason I'm laughing is because she's laughing, and the absurdity of it is not lost upon me. Maybe it's not lost upon you either. I just don't understand how you can be the energy secretary and can be asked about gas prices and act like the host told you the funniest joke you've ever heard. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC, and they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. Ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. Ho, ho, ho. Tell me another one. Ha, <laughs> That's really insulting. You remember the Bill Clinton administration and him looking into the camera and saying, I feel your pain. We've gone from, in 25-ish years, we've gone from Bill Clinton feeling your pain to Joe Biden causing your pain and enjoying it. And enjoying it. His energy secretary, sir, seems to enjoy it. What is funny about that? Particularly when... Did I imagine that they shut down the Keystone XL pipeline? See, the other part of this is you have to make a decision here. I'm going to make you make a decision. Is it more maddening or is it more insulting? It's maddening because, hey, I'm filling up my car with gas and it's $15 more. Actually, more than $15 more. Probably closer to $20 more. Every time I fill up my car with gas. Now, I drive a lot. I drive probably 20,000 miles a year. That's a lot of money. A lot of money out of my pocket. That's inflation. That's real. That's hitting me hard in my wallet. So that's maddening because you go, (laughs) OPEC, nothing I can do. So maddening has a powerful case to make here. But what about insulting? Because when you know something and you ask a question knowing something and the other person acts like the information that you have doesn't, they just no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea. That's how it's insulting because you and I both know. The first thing we think, right, when she says, <laughs> not that I can, stop. that's a funny one. Tell me another one. We're all going, hey, Keystone XL Pipeline. Hey, 
We were energy independent. Why did we choose? And this is the thing. We chose this. We chose this pain. We chose, oh, we, you and I didn't choose it, but the Biden administration, which has flopped around on the shore like a fish out of water on every single front, every single thing they touch goes bad. I'll say it kindly. And they laugh about it. And they purposed it. They caused it. Victor Davis Hanson, smart guy, one of the few non-crazy leftists in academia. Victor Davis Hanson makes this point, not just about gas prices, but about many other things that have become troubling issues since Joe Biden became president. This isn't political. This is whether America continues to exist and it makes it possible to live. And with high inflation and high energy prices and an open border and a a collapsing foreign policy, it looks like a complete systems collapse. And then when they ask for answers, they say, wait a minute, this wasn't Katrina. This wasn't the Gulf War. This wasn't the old Iranian oil boycott. All of these problems were self-induced. We we decided not to pump oil. We asked Putin and Saudi Arabia to do it instead so that we didn't have to get our hands dirty, but they would. We didn't have suddenly, you know, the, the wall collapse on the border. We did that on the border. We did that with critical race theory. We ginned up this racial animosity, we being the government. Totally true. true. What has gone bad that the Biden administration didn't decide to do? We didn't have to get out of Afghanistan when and the way we got out. We didn't have to change Trump's border policies. And now, now we're going to give, and you know we're going to give, criminal aliens. I know they hate illegal aliens. I'm going to double down and call it what it is. These are criminal illegals. I'm going to I'm going to say it twice. Criminal illegals. I'm going to call them aliens. When you come into our country uninvited and storm across the Rio Grande or when you lie about your under political persecution in a foreign country, for the lion's share of these people coming into the country, this is just not true. Now, if you want to say, hey, it stinks living where we live, Honduras, Guatemala. Trump had a very colorful way of describing their countries when he was early in his administration, and the left went crazy. But he was not wrong. Those countries compared to our country are not pleasant places to live. And here again, we come down to I asked earlier on gas prices, is it maddening because you hate paying more? Is it insulting because they act like there's nothing they can do? And you know there is because they undid policies that were working before on the criminal illegals. You're a leftist. You cannot have it both ways. American cannot be 
an awful place to be if you're a minority. If you're from a foreign country, that is the case they make. And at the same time, then, you cannot have a policy to open the borders and let more of them in. Because if you are compassionate, and you say you are so compassionate, why would you let them come in to such a terrible place? So again, their policies are chosen to inflict harm, and they make no logical, let alone policy, success. And they're not going to stop. People like, last week, a week ago, tomorrow, the election in Virginia. Oh, maybe they'll learn their lesson. Ha <laughs> ha! No, they will not. Because, and I finally found a public figure to say it along with me, that this kind of concerted attack upon our country and upon regular American citizens is, for the left, a religious battle. I've said it before. Somebody, and believe it or not, on the Democratic side of the aisle said it over the weekend. You'll hear it next on The Bruce Hooley Show. We will speak with Josh Pick Money Monday, 1230 today. Looking forward to that discussion. CNN says there are good signs in the economy. I want to ask Josh if he agrees with that. How he get good information right now. How do you get good information right now? When so much is presented through a partisan lens, either on the left or the right. We'll have that discussion at 1230 today. Tulsi Gabbard is a former presidential candidate. She's a Democrat from Hawaii. She served in Congress. She served in the military. She served in uh, the Middle East. And she said over the weekend in an interview with Steve I believe it's Steve Hilton of Fox, she said something that I've said before. Now, it doesn't mean if you say what I say that, you know, you're right. But it does convince me that, you know, I'm not alone. <laughs> That's indisputable. And what I've said before is that how can the Biden administration, and even before that, how can somebody who say, super pro-abortion. You hear these shout your abortion people. And you hear them say it with such passion and such conviction when in the face of the reality of the fact that if you leave that child alone in the womb, it becomes a baby. How can you say it's not a baby? Seems like a irrefutable logical argument to me, not to them. No, no, there's a difference. And they'll even talk about how it's humane and that if you uh, make people have children that's inhumane, and that uh, the difference between a woman owning that baby and doing with it whatever she wants is not at all like a uh, person owning a slave and doing whatever they want to that slave and not being held accountable for it legally. And I never could figure out, like, why do you think that teaching critical race theory, why do you think that Poisoning kids' mind, making them wonder about their birth gender and whether that's how they were meant to be created. How can you argue that that's good? And I finally hit on the fact, well, look, what's the one thing that I believe in that nobody could ever talk me out of? It's my faith. And I didn't expect, of all people, a Democrat to make that case, but Tulsi Gabbard made it. She was asked by Steve Hilton to explain how Democrat Congressman Cory Bush can look at Joe Manchin's hesitancy to approve a vast 
multi-trillion dollar spending package. And instead of disagreeing with Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, on the merits of the bill, I don't believe we should pay for family leave. By the way, somebody convince me, try to convince me, because you won't. Why is there any money in a federal budget for family leave? If you work at Kroger and you want to take family leave, if Kroger wants to pay you, fantastic. Good for you. Why should I pay it? I get nothing out of it other than you be, get to be home and get paid by me. Why? You don't work for me. So the family leave thing's crazy. But Cori Bush, she won't defend it on those grounds. She'll say, oh, if you don't believe it, you're anti-woman. It's anti-black. It's homophobic. And so Steve Hilton asked Tulsi Gabbard, why can't she just disagree on merit? Why does it always go to, if you disagree with me, you're a horrible, terrible, awful, hateful, evil person? And you said last week uh, that this... Oh, that's the Joe Biden cut I can't wait to play for you. Here, here is Tulsi Gabbard. It really just shows, again, that this is a symptom of uh, a deeper, uh, a lack of a spiritual foundation, Steve, where if, if you're not able to see someone, regardless of party politics, regardless of your position, whether you agree or disagree, if you're not able to see another person as a child of God, as someone that you can respect at that fundamental level as a, as a fellow American, then this is where we see all of this darkness uh, coming from. And, and so it's no wonder, as you were talking about the results in Virginia, uh, that people chose to respond positively towards that message of hope and optimism for our future, that message of coming together, that message of care and respect for all people. Uh, and, and this is, again, this is where, this is where I find hope uh, for our future. Uh, if we go back to those fundamental yes. values and principles of who we really are, uh, then this is, this is how we can come together. It's like Tulsi Gabbard and Joe Manchin were uh, put in a time capsule in the early 90s and then whooshed through a tube to 2020. They're the only surviving, like, Democrats from that era 30 years ago to now. An era where you could be Democratic and be pro-life. Neither one of them are, of course. I think Manchin probably would be if he could say it and not get voted out of office, which, you know, again, that's not having any kind of courage of your convictions. Tulsi Gabbard is pro-choice, which, you know, disappointing. But this is, for most Democrats, an ideological battle. It's not a political battle. It's not a policy battle. It's not a merit battle. It's not an idea battle. It's an ideological battle. And that's why it's so hard to get rid of it. It's not a whole lot different. It's not a whole lot different. The basis, the power source of it is not a whole lot different than the terrorist mindset, the crazed Palestinians who think it's okay to lob rockets into Israel and kill children because the ends justify the means. Democrats are big on ends justify the means. Democrats are big on taking and then giving, and they think that makes them compassionate. To a Republican, the idea of compassion is, I'll give you every opportunity to succeed. I'll make all the resources 
of success available to you. All the avenues are open to you. You should never be discriminated against. You should never be disadvantaged. But as for the heavy lifting and the work that it takes to be successful, that you are going to have to do. Democrats are takers and then givers. Now, do they give out of compassion? No. They give after taking from someone else who they perceive to have too much, whether they got it (laughs) because they were born advantaged and did nothing to deserve having it, or whether they excelled at a system they hate because it doesn't take and give to flatten everything out, make everything average. Republicans look at it. We're not we're not takers and we're not givers. We're doers. We're enablers. We'll help you be successful. We'll help you get the education you need. We'll help you get the job. But then you have to do the do the work yourself and raise yourself up. And then we'll celebrate with you together. Those are the differences between the two parties and the two avenues to success. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.